coming up matt's on the road a lot and he bought something i talk about my kickstarter campaign for masks so you can be a bit more excited about next month assignment desk a couple questions that were very very interesting we talk about a very relatable topic episode 72 is next you cannot be serious that ball was on the line Howdy, this is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten, and I know you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way. Since this is a 100% user-funded audiovisual entertainment, please go to patreon.com slash blfs and show us how much you love us. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash blfs and show us how much you love us. Because we are here to make you a better sports photographer. So, off to news. News. Here at News, both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month. And we talk about ourselves because there's nothing else to talk about. Probably not. Like, really, probably not. Uh, Matt Cohen, best and worst of, I guess that would be May 2018. I didn't have any bad shoots. I had two pretty grueling shoots, like many performances in a short number of days. So, you know, being on the road is kind of getting old at this point, but the shoots have been really good. And um, I've been, I changed kind of how I deal with my clients this year so that I could free myself up to take more, less obvious pictures, not have to keep pumping out action pictures every time. So that's been kind of freeing and it's been a lot more fun to be out there and just kind of doing what I want to instead of having to check off a bunch of lists. So that's been good. Before I left for my last trip, I was looking at my pictures from last year and I figured out that it might be a good time to try a 200 f2 for this rodeo it's just the way it's set up the distances involved the lighting where i can shoot from all of that kind of came together and gave me an idea so i rented a 200 f2 which i hadn't really used in like 10 years or something like that like certainly not since the new version of it and it's funny because 10 years ago i obviously was not as good as i am now and i really didn't know how to use it and I'll give you an example of that where the, sh the depth of field is really shallow, even if you're pretty far away. If you're shooting like a bucking horse or something like that, and you get either the horse's face or the rider's face in focus, the other one is going to be out of focus if you're shooting at F2, even if you're pretty far away from them. But, you know, one of the lessons that you learn after shooting for a while is you have to shoot around the limitations of the lens. And so that means shooting from the side or shooting things that don't have a whole lot of depth so that everything that you want to be in focus is in focus. So anyway, um, I ended up shooting almost exclusively with it. Um, I had it and the things that I was doing were working. So I pretty much just shot the whole rodeo like that with a few exceptions here and there. 
And it really worked out well. And I was looking at the pictures and I just couldn't imagine going out again next week and not having it and not wanting to have to rent it and ship it again and all that. So I just bought one, <laughs> which is kind of weird to impulse buy something like that. But it's it's going to fit in with a lot of the stuff that I'm trying to do right now. So I'm pretty happy with it. It's really the new version is a lot better than the old one as far as like the color and the contrast of everything. It just pops a little bit more. And the only thing that's bad about it is the tripod foot, which is not a handle. No. <laughs> I had to buy a aftermarket uh, tripod foot so that I can have something to grab onto as I'm jumping over fences. But anyway. Oh, so you can actually get one? Like, uh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, I can send you the link after. I ordered, uh, I ordered one that is, it extends out a little bit more. You can't, oh, yeah, you can't replace the hood. You can't uh, reverse the hood with it that's the only that's the only drawback that's fine because i don't think i've used a hood on that one yeah. at this point so if you can find a situation where you know you can get close enough to what you're shooting and if what you're shooting is um you know not super deep it, it's it just gives you a really good look people aren't used to seeing sports pictures that come out of the 200 f2 because basically nobody carries one i, I can't even remember the last time i saw somebody at a game that had one best is that i got to shoot a bit of basketball i worked for adidas japan they were bringing like these two kids to like play during the euro league final four Euro league final four is basically the european championship of club uh, basketball clubs so it's like you know like they can be champions but like it's in europe the biggest star this time was uh luka Doncic, who plays for madrid i'm um, probably slated to go top three in this upcoming uh nba draft and I also got to shoot a couple, like the, the younger guys, these two Japanese guys who were on the under-18 team that was playing against like the local teams, you know. I guess it's kind of part of the whole Adidas basketball stuff. It was interesting because it wasn't football, it wasn't climbing, it was basketball, and, you know, it's very different. And I also brought the 200 F2. It's one of those like one of those lenses I have actually thought about before I got this uh, this job. What am I gonna use this lens for? Because I use it in football, and it's a bit too limited for what it does. I can I rather have the seven two hundred for that one to like do close range stuff. What Matt said, <laughs> the handle is so. It's not tiny. a it's not a handle. Like it's just not a handle. You can get your fingertips no. underneath it for like balance or something like that, but you definitely can't hold it by the handle and i was like looking at pictures of it and it's just the weirdest thing it's so weird like it's a short fat kind of stubby little lens but it's heavy yeah it's really heavy it's but the the idea that it comes with the foot that it comes with is just insane and it's it's really weird and the weird thing is is that none of the major plate and foot companies make that so you can you know you can search around and they just don't have what you need and this one guy that has his like his own CNC machine makes these because nobody else does. So I just oh yeah. really yeah it's just some dude. It's not from like really no, like no, software. No, they don't have it either. A dude. Oh yeah. okay. That's like usually like my go-to place. Um, yep, I went there. They don't have it. Yeah, so like the whole thing was like really interesting. You know, they paid well. It was interesting. It was basketball. The worst shoot, same there at Belgrade where they had the early final four. They got me an accreditation as a journalist. So wherever <laughs> this is I'm shooting <laughs> from, yeah, is so far. And I told them, like, well, listen, you know, like, I brought my 400 with me. 
So if you don't mind that, I'll shoot you from here. You can probably gonna use like one or two pictures from that, and you know we'll call it quits. It's not fun. I mean, the thing is, like, yeah, it's fun to like watch basketball game, quite competitive and everything. But at the same time, like, I'm actually doing a photographer, and I just kind of felt like, well, you know, what's the point of actually me being here? Like, it's anyone can basically take a photo. Basketball is like yeah, what I'm Basketball right is the kind of thing where you know you can go up top for you know five minutes at a time or something like that to get a specific picture, but the idea of shooting an entire basketball game from up top it's no, just it's you're not, just really not you're not coming away with anything from that but i got to witness a Doncic mania which was really interesting i know matt Cohen is probably because we recorded t- training ground yesterday so he's probably like sick of hearing about this but i'm going to talk about my kickstarter campaign a bit more and slightly bit more depth so this time like i'm going to do the 2018 so by the time you're listening to this i'll probably w- will be in russia and that is the World Cup where American people are not involved, which is business-wise not good. Like I wish American people were involved, so it'd be more interested in actually buying the book because, like, you know, like last time, I had a lot of sale in America, and this time probably not because people won't be as interested in. I mean, your own country is not in. It. But more sales from Saudi Arabia. Thank God, I hope so because we're gonna have we're gonna have a great time in Qatar in four years. This time, like, it's just not, not just, not just me, but I've got Musa Okwanga, who's a very famous poet and a writer, and he also does music now. And he's going to be writing about my picture from the World Cup that will go inside the book. And on top of that, there's Dan Layden, who's a famous, a football illustrator. You can see his work um, on Instagram. So basically, there are two people who are much more famous than I am. Yeah, they agreed to to work with me. So I'm very, very happy about that. I think it will be a an interesting book. The only thing that I'm really trying to figure out is that it, when it was in Brazil, it was a lot easier to basically do outside the stadium things because, you know, Brazilian people like playing football. Not so much in Russia. So my off-the-pitch stuff, like I'm still thinking, like, what can I possibly do? to make something interesting and i guess we'll just have to see when i get there because i i've I, i've been researching and everything and i really just cannot find something like really glaringly interesting in russia that is related to football this is preposterous but yeah i like it's like it's really, i think you're like, not like i think you're not working hard enough no i don't think i'm not i was kind of like same thing in south africa as well. how much crazy shit goes on in russia every minute you can't find something no but it has to be football related there, I guarantee you there's a game where they use a human head for a ball over there. No, 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 no. Like, I don't want to, like, the whole, the thug, you know, hooligan element of, like, it's been overdone. And they, like, I just saw an ESPN article about the whole thing. And, like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, that's not, they're just kind of using football as an excuse to, like, go fight in the woods. <laughs> Which is what they do now, you know, because they're, they can't go into the stadium anymore. So they just go into the woods and fight. I don't know if you actually know about this, but they are trained now so there's not like just a bunch of inebriated drunk people fighting they're like highly trained basically like you know uh like mma people going into the woods and beating the crap out of each other i guess if no one else gets hurt they just kind of get hurt and i guess that's kind of how it goes you know with the russians they have a lot of energy i wish you can use energy for different type of purposes but you know so be it that's the russian hooligan thing it's really, really weird. Like, it's like they, they, they need that rush every day. But if I say more, like, bad things about Russia, like, probably I'll get assassinated, so I don't, I'm just going to keep it at that. I'm still, I'm still like, mm. are you getting a burner computer or are you taking your own computer? <laughs> I should. Yeah, someone else will be that. 
I don't really, I don't want any emails from Russia. Not just from Russia. Like after you get back, I, I don't want any like... emails either. Actually, we're probably gonna have to end the podcast. now. <laughs> I'll get tracked for it, but I've been, I've been there a couple of times already now. Like you know, so far nothing weird has happened. Oh, so it's too, so yeah, it's too late. All right, right, that's good. That's it for news, and we will get back to you with uh, masterclass. So assignment desk, we give you an assignment, and you don't show us if you've been not listening that makes absolutely no sense we know what i mean don't doze off or very do do doze off and definitely not show us that you've not been a very attentive listener what are you doing you're like giving yeah. out the same effort that people gave out in the assignment desk this yeah it's piss poor that's kind of how it was assignment desk a couple of minutes before the show went to be recorded i went to Flickr and just kind of you know looked for what's going on with everything just to make you know send matt what's you know what we're going to be talking about and found out that there was zero entries into assignment desk like zero like there's nothing there i don't know did you forget about it is that what it was just gonna ignore it it wasn't a very difficult one it's backlit it's just sunshine if you got sunshine you can do backlit photos very easily we're not going to talk about it, but it will be rolled over to the next episode alongside with what we're going to be talking about in Masterclass. You got anything to add about this? Short one? Short? Yeah, short. it's it's disappointing. Just when we when we give you an assignment, just go out and do it, even if it's bad, just to have something, have a frame of reference, have something to get feedback on, have something to build on for later. We're not doing this for our health. I know how to do backlit pictures. <laughs> Re knows how to do backlit pictures. I'd prefer if more people knew how to do them, you know, but I can't come there and twist your arm, right? So it's important to have pictures in your portfolio that look different from other pictures, that look different from other people's pictures, and that can show people who might hire you that you know what you're doing out there and aren't just uh, taking snapshots. So... We're going to send you back out there again to do this <laughs> so we don't get completely derailed. We're going to add kind of a clean background element to it. So if you don't have a situation where you can shoot backlit, which, you know, you can shoot backlit anywhere. But if you don't want to or you can't or whatever, then show us clean backgrounds. Show us that you can arrange yourself in a setting to optimize for the background instead of to optimize for the action. We all have to shoot with advertising boards in the background. We all have to shoot with signs and poles and wires and all that kind of stuff. But there's also a time to go where all of that stuff isn't. So let's try that if you can't do the backlit. It's simple. What Matt said, that's it. <laughs> it's not much to really uh, talk about. But like the whole clean background thing has always been an issue for a lot of people. Um, there is a gear related problem to it that if your you know lens is not 2.8 or 3.2 if you're shooting at like 5.6 or 8 or something like that um there's just a lot of background going on but saying that even if you shoot at even if your lens right that you got with your camera that came with it it's got 5.6 or 8 but if the background is very very clean that's fine that'll work should work 
But it will depend on a lot of things. It will be a lot easier to shoot at 2.8, 3.2, or 4. But you can probably, might be able to actually do with 5.6 and 8 and whatnot. Might be very difficult because the background lead needs to be absolutely clean. Like, just nothing there. It's, you know, if there's this bokeh involved, it's a lot easier, you know? Please give it a try. It's important to you that you do this because the whole point of these exercises is that you get used to different techniques and what that actually will make you a better sports photographer. That's the whole point of Big Lens Fast Shutter. We didn't really set up for us to just like give you an assignment and say, oh, you know, if you don't do it, like forget it. Well, we don't because we can just keep on going and say, okay, we're not going to do this, this uh, assignment because no one did it. But it's for your benefit, it's for your training, it's for you to be able to try out new things. And that's more, I, that we believe is the most important thing. So please do them. Um, make us happy. Show us some really good stuff. Even if it's a really shitty one, like Matt said, like I don't really mind. Because I think effort at this point does count. It does. I mean, I had one of our, one of our listeners, right, who only knows me through this podcast who doesn't who had never been to a rodeo had never watched a rodeo didn't know anything about it paid to come to my workshop in april right had no idea about anything just came to shoot because it would help him be better at sports so he's shooting everything he's shooting that day is brand new to him and he paid and he drove four hours or something like that to get there so the idea that you know that you're listening to this and we give you an assignment and you can't go out and get one backlit picture is a little bit ridiculous so i'd really like to be proven wrong that you guys are idiots all right well that's it for combined masterclass um well assignment non-assignment desk and we'll see you at pleasure cues for patreon.com people meaning the poo people who gave us money through patreon.com this is your time and place to ask us questions for free you gave us money if you want to be one of those people who want questions for free please go to patreon.com slash blfs we've got three questions today and the first one is from tom how do you deal with shooting midday in harsh sunlight? I always end up with uh, washed out looking images. Maybe I'm slightly overexposing. My white balance I set to is sunshine. Matt Cohen. He's answer Tom. I, you know, I don't know. In all my years of shooting sports, I don't, I don't. Oh yes. Backlighting. That's right. Backlighting. Uh, yeah, that's what you do. Right. So if the sun is, uh, let's say it's noon and the sun is directly overhead, then there's, you know, there's not really a whole lot you can do, but as the sun is going to move, you, you want to be opposite the sun. So why is this important? When you're shooting with harsh sunlight, that sunlight is blanketing everything that you see with really bright light. If you shoot backlit, you at least have a chance at, shooting across the sunlight so if you expose for the skin of the people that you're shooting in the background there might not be any sunlight landing on that so that means the subject is going to pop out of the frame more than it would if you were shooting the other way around where everything was getting the exact same light 
experiment with the angle at which the sun is behind your, you know, what you're shooting. It can be directly behind it or it can be like at a, you know, I don't know, like a 75 degree angle or something behind it. But keep the sun behind what you're shooting. Expose for the skin tone and let the background either blow out if it's getting light or fall into shadow if it's not getting light. Either way, the subject is going to stand out more and you're not going to have the kind of problems of it looking washed out that you're having. So, now that's out of the way. Simon is asking another sun question. Good God, really? You guys are asking all these questions about sun and you didn't get... Oh, man. All right, anyway. Mm. Another sun question. Shooting rugby on a 4G, which means... Artificial rubber crumb pitch last weekend in hot sunny weather, just about mid after midday. So the pitch is bloody hot with the heat. The heat haze messing up the autofocus on any shot over about thirty yards away. So my question is whether you have found a particular focus mode or tactic that will help minimize the heat haze. I tried nine point single point twenty five point autofocus, but none seemed any better than the others. And the other photographers next to me were struggling too. So not. There's nothing you can do. So the, you've, you've answered your own question. If it's over 30 yards away, the reason for that is it accumulates. So the, the further away, the more haze is in between. Um, I don't know what the, you know, it's, radi- it's heat radiating radi- radi- off the ground. And there, there's no, the, the reason that the different autofocus modes don't work is that they're all, in the end, doing the same thing. They're looking for the contrast of some kind of edge. And if you have all of that haze and the, the heat radiating up there, the autofocus system can't find any edges because there are no edges. It's all completely washed out by that haze. None of the autofocus is going to help. You just need to shoot things that are as close to you as possible or you know, find part of the field that's in the shadow where there will be less heat coming off of it. But there's, no, there's nothing. It's just a law of physics. There's, the autofocus won't work because it's not going to be able to grab an edge. Well, that's it. So the final question of this month comes from Kevin and question to ask clients. I'm kind of just doing weird questions these days. Meeting with a potential client to discuss covering a cycling event and just wondering how to approach these type of meetings. Do you have a set of questions ready to go or do you go with the, fl- the flow and see where the conversation I recently had a brand contact me via email. So this is just like, you know, it's not, I'm not going to a meeting with and they just, they say, oh, we're interested in like working with you, blah, 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 and all these things. And I said, okay, you know, when is it? How much are you going to pay? This is like, this is my budget. This is my, my fee. And I'm very, very happy you contacted me. That's basically what it should be. Like, you just want to know when, what, what the requirements are and what your fee is. And I don't know, like, what else you actually want to add. You can ask about a lot of things that if you're going to pay for certain things because I think it all just comes down to money and how for you to do the job that they're asking you to do. I don't really have like that. That's really like my set of questions I always ask them like fee and time and date, when the delivery actually will be maybe. That's probably about more than that. I think it's hilarious that Ryu is answering a business question when he still emails me asking how much I he charged for his pictures. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with all of that. Um, I like to be prepared i for me it's not just about the pictures i'm selling to people who don't think that you should have to pay for pictures largely and that attitude is just going to get more and more prevalent as time goes on people are just going to be used to go going to google images and taking something or getting a picture that's 
almost as good from somebody that they know or something like that. So for me, my job is way more of a problem solving kind of thing. My clients sponsor cowboys, but that sponsorship isn't good if people don't see them wearing the gear or see them in action. I'm trying to anticipate what my clients are looking for. I'm trying to anticipate who they're speaking to and what those people might be responding to. You don't need to do it my way. I would say that you should be prepared, though. You should at least know about their business. You should at least know who their target audience is, and you should know who their competitors are. At least kind of a general idea as to how the pictures are going to be used later on so that you can maybe start thinking about how much you want to charge them. I would not go with the flow, would not go in there cold, at least have like a conversational knowledge about their business, um, you know, at the, at the very minimum. Just show them that you cared enough to look them up on, you know, whatever database tracks, I don't know, business information. So I would do that. And it, it's also weird because I don't have meetings. I, I can count on one hand the number of face-to-face meetings I've had with clients. Some of my clients I've never even talked to on the phone. So, you know, that part of this is like... You don't, you know, in my case, you, a lot of times you don't need to have the questions ready to go because you're responding to, you know, the questions that they're asking you. And so you just kind of go with where they're going. But if you are meeting them in person or if you're talking to them on the phone, I would at least show them that you did some research and know what they're about. That ends pledge cues. We should be having more questions because you paid for it. You can ask a lot of questions like that's really your right as a Patreon pleasure. So if you are you know, paying, ask the questions. It's absolutely free because you've paid for it. Uh, for people who actually want to do, do want to ask questions and um, you want to and you haven't actually paid for Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash BLFS and you'll be able to actually ask questions. Think we only say bad things about sports photography? You say we got no soul? Hell no. We're going to prove you wrong with... Cross Kanta. Time to hold your fellow sports photographer's hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy. Our wonderful producer, Rob, sent us a BBC World Sport 10 photos we liked this week. And the link he sent us didn't have any photos that we liked. So... Matt looked at another week. <laughs> I don't know which week it was, but three it was other weeks. I had to click through three other weeks to get to one yeah. good picture. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about this week starting. Well, this is twenty first of May, two thousand eighteen. So I guess it's the previous week. Um, so here it is. I'm just gonna give you a bit of an information. This is in Barcelona, Spain, twentieth of May. Participants compete in the one point two mile swim leg of the Ironman seventy point three event in Barcelona. Prior to a 56-mile bike ride and a 13.1-mile run. No one no, no gives a shit. All right, so we're going to look at the picture. And, wow, wait, is this backlit? <laughs> Matt Cohen. No, this is actually nothing. Like he, No, we didn't choose it because it's yeah, backlit. This is accidental. It was, the, it was literally, we picked this because it was the only good picture out of, like, 50 that I looked at. Um, it does just so happen that it is backlit, um, which is kind of amazing. So, I, you know, I was looking at this picture and... It kind of dawned on me a little bit. I think sometimes people don't know why a picture is good and why it isn't good. Like, they look at it and like, oh, that's good. But they don't realize that one little thing could really throw it off. 
and I was looking at like look at the look at how the the guys who are running into the water it looks like a, a, an evolution right the people are running 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 and then getting closer to swimming and then swimming right it's like a um, progression and but but let's look at the guy who is second from the right the guy who who's actively diving in there right now let's say that he had like tripped or something and was falling really awkwardly or was lower in the frame or higher in the frame or something like that and broke that line of guys running in there this picture would be either bad or significantly worse than it is now and all that would take is that one guy's body position being different i think that you know you look at a picture and you're like oh yeah that's you know that's really good that's really cool except for this one little part so maybe you know maybe this is an 85 percent great picture that's not how it works the 85 percent may as well be zero percent if there's something in there that's bad enough that's distracting enough that draws your attention away from what you should be looking at so the reason this picture is good is not because the light is really cool it's not because the splashing is really cool it's because all of those things are there plus the how the those swimmers and the guys who are running and everything are lined up in that frame and all of those things matter it's really important to to nail everything because a great picture can't be great if one of the elements in that picture isn't great yeah, because like it is a backlit picture, and I got we have to kind of discuss about how it was shot and everything like that. And you know, obviously, you can see the sun is right in front of you. You know, I think the photographer probably knew like at what time of day we're going to be swimming, and where the swimmers are going to be. And this is basically at the very beginning of the swim, because you know they wouldn't be like walking <laughs> into the water if they're swimming. You know, at that like whatever like the that the half mile mark or the mile mark that we just be swimming swimming and he realized that the fact that you can actually get this type of shot because if they weren't standing i don't think that would actually be interesting if they wouldn't be diving would it be interesting if it's just swimming i think they'll be too low for it to actually like kind of have that silhouette effect so that's very very important that you if you're doing any sort of like um backlit picture that you need to really really be careful about where the your people actually will be and also, it's also a very, very clean background as well. Wow, it's everything. It's a clean background and it's a backlit. So we're expecting this kind of picture from you um, for the next episode. But um, yeah, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good picture, you know. And uh, we are always welcoming like suggestions for Cross Counter because it's uh, not very easy to yeah, it's locate tough. very good it's picture, tough. you know. Yeah. Then uh, we will see you next month in Russia. And with that, we end the 72nd episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter. Can't do this without you, my beautiful listeners, and obviously Rob with two Bs, our wonderful producer, Extraordinaire. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Cohen, please go to our Facebook page and like us. Just go to Facebook and type in Big Lens Fast Shutter, you'll be able to find it. Uh, better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits. And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. And obviously... If you have the dollar in your pocket, or maybe 10, please donate or pledge it to us at patreon.com slash BLFS. And that is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BLFS. So to recap, Facebook, blog, iTunes, and Patreon. Rinse, repeat, love us more. See you next month.
um um i and give us money so and uh um um yeah and um yeah so um yes that's bad that's bad uh yes, i'm sorry I'm, I'm entertaining my daughter don't let i hit and um it's but uh yeah how do um you know um and um um it's um but um yeah that's it really for um and i'll send it to you matt cool um um my daughter's like not sitting on my lap and playing with kind of how um her though now we yes um and that ends this um 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 and um and um um you know um, and uh yeah you know um <laughs>